Hello and welcome to Eavesdropping at the Movies. I'm Mike. And I'm Jose. And we've just come back from Godzilla, King of the Monsters, which is the 2019 sequel to 2014's Godzilla, which is itself a remake of you know classic uh, Japanese monster movie it's about giant nuclear-powered lizard that takes over the world. It's the most boring, uh, <laughs> offensive, lazy film. I, I, I looked at my watch like endlessly... So I had this combination of, you know, being completely bored, right, because it's such lazy storytelling, really, and such bad direction, and, you know, kind of, it ends up making you feel that all the actors in it are whores, and really, all the filmmakers are whores, I mean, there's no reason for making this film, and it's badly made, and it's just, like, it's, it's, it's offensive. Uh, there'll be spoilers coming up, including one where Jose ruins the, the, the end. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> uh, you know, so kind of basically, what you have is like this broken family, you know, uh, and the mother unleashes, you know, all of these monsters, which they know is going to cause all this destruction and kill millions of people. So she takes it upon herself because her theory is that this will bring back some kind of balance in the world, right? And then you're meant... So she destroys a million families and a million people, millions of people. And then you're expected to have feelings for her being reunited with her own family. And you just think, fuck off. Yeah, well, the right? thing like looks, it's, it's so immoral and mo- stupid. The moment that I pointed out to you, which I think might be slightly animating some of this hatred, some of this uh, offence you've taken, is um, the bit where they track one of the monsters or one of the one things that's about to happen to... Um, an island off Mexico. Yes. I, I don't know if it's... I didn't recognise the island. I don't know if it's made up or whatever. But the point is, is there's this choice that Vera Farmiga's character, the mother, has, yeah. which is, um, do I uh, do I awaken this thing and continue my plan to bring all these things back um, and kill all these people who are currently evacuating, or do I wait? And there doesn't seem to be any downside to waiting, as far as I can tell. The, the film doesn't really set one up. She just goes ahead with it. And the thing is, that I, I kind of le- leant over to you in the cinema and said, well, they're all Spanish or something, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, that, That's were. the film's attitude. <laughs> yeah. Because then later on, when the kind of climactic fight with these four monsters happens, um, that's in Boston. And Boston is very conspicuously empty at this point. Yes. You know, like it, They are destroying the Red Sox Stadium and what have you, but... There's not a civilian in sight that dying. You know what I mean? Why people don't die in this? Yeah, well, millions of or thousands at least that you see of uh, anonymous Mexicans do. So the reason why I'm using the word horish, and bear with me, you know, because I have a whole theory about about this. It's so interesting who gets represented and how in Hollywood cinema, right? Because you know entire races. I mean, look at the way that black people have historically been represented. Look at how the Japanese and the Chinese were represented in the 30s and 40s, like, you know, kind of very racist terms. Other people were just excluded from representation altogether, right? Then the war comes in, the European market is wiped out. So all of a sudden, lots of Latin Americans in 1940s, you know, Hollywood pictures because, you know, they have a Lend-Lease policy and uh, you know they want to become friends with Latin America because of the war and create new markets in Latin America. So what was, what was the lend-lease policy? Oh, what? Maybe I'm getting it mixed up. Maybe lend-lease was with Europe. Uh, but anyway, there was a policy to bring kind of Latin American in contact with the United States, partly as an ally during World War II, partly to build markets 
in a new area that had been lost in Europe because of the war. Okay. Right? You know, so you had stars like Rita Hayworth and Orson Welles and people like that traveling all over Latin America for, for goodwill trips and so on. Yeah. And then you have a whole bunch of like musicals with Carmen Miranda and yeah, and you, you all of a sudden you have a whole bunch of Latin American stars that appear in Hollywood cinema that had not appeared in the 1930s. Right? Okay. And then kind of in the 1950s, you know, kind of you have a lot of Europeans yeah, that, and European settings in Hollywood cinema. Why? Because they have money that needs using in Europe, right? Yeah, so kind of this idea of representation being tied to money, right? In the 1980s, Sony is bought, Sony buys Columbia Pictures. You have a lot of Japanese, you know, people and settings. Lots of films begin to be set in Tokyo, you know, and so on and so forth in the 1980s. And now you have this resurgence of China, right? You get kind of Chinese characters in a whole bunch of, you know, uh, films. Uh, because the Chinese market is so important. so important. They only let in a few films right. from Hollywood so a year. It's only if you've got dough, right, that you get representation yeah. in a particular kind of representation, right? So obviously Mexicans kind of don't matter, you know, so you kill them all off in films or, you know, kind of uh, um, you make them villains or, yeah, like kind of, you know, uh, 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 Nazis during... World War Two, right? They get represented, but they get represented in, in particular ways. So, and now, I think in, in this film, what you see is precisely that. So, obviously, you have to have Japanese people, right? Because of the nature of Godzilla and who owns the copyright and, mm. you know, all of that stuff. And then, like, kind of the Mexicans don't matter. You can kill them all with impunity, right? Um, yeah, so, that's, that's the function of Ken Watanabe and uh, Zhang Di in this. Yeah. Um, who, I think she's Chinese. But the film doesn't really make a distinction. <laughs> it says, well, she's um, she's from that region, so she'll take up that part of the film. It's, it's and they're the ones who talk about the history of, of the, the monsters and the ancient lore and blah, blah, blah. And, and Ken Watanabe is the one who is talking about uh, the connection that we should have. And he's the one who sacrificed himself and, ma- and makes a physical connection with Godzilla just before uh, essentially committing suicide yes. to bring Godzilla back with the nuke. This um, is like a grotesque film. I mean, so obviously... Um you know, the original Godzilla was always read, uh, read in relation, you know, to... Um, Hiroshima. Hiroshima. And Nagasaki. Uh, and Nagasaki, the, yeah, the, the nuclear bomb and, the, you know, the effects of the nuclear bomb. And this one, in some sense, I suppose, you know, has a kind of... Uh, it, tr- it tries to talk about the human effects on the globe. Yeah. Um, uh, human caused climate change, but it, it, it turns that into a sort of... Let's we destroy are, everything. <laughs> yeah, so the film is... Yeah, it's not coherent in this sense, but it, it overall it's ge- it's generally building on the idea that we are the problem yeah. and we need to fix things. But what but this film does, it says these these titans, these giant monsters, of which you see four kind of clearly, and then you see a few others on TV screens and stuff. Um, they are kind of guardians of the earth, and they are part of the earth's kind of destruction and re- regeneration cycles and blah blah blah. And Vera Farmiga's story is we need to let them do their thing and. Destroy, destroy and regenerate <laughs> because you see that in their wake she says you know the kind of the, the um the uh radiation that they leave behind brings new life and blah 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 so uh, yeah, it's well, very stupid i actually say it is poor storytelling but that's the idea it's trying to, it's, yeah, yeah. it's trying to relate what it's doing to modern global concerns i know i know it's trying to do that but it's just dumb yes right and it's got terrible dialogue you know you don't care what happens and to who and i mean the only good bits and they are good is the monsters themselves mm. you know I really I love the way they looked I love the way they moved I'm glad you said that because yeah. I agree yeah 
So oh, I said to you at one point, you, you said there was some some one one funny line of dialogue that you liked. You said best bit of the film so far. <laughs> you know, as a way of saying the whole thing's been crap. Um, and I said, well, actually, I think that the best thing so far has been the lighting. You know, and you kind of laughed, but I really meant it. I love the way the lighting works, and actually, in particular, what I really like is how clear things are to see at night, uh-huh. which I think is really rare. And it's partly helped by the fact you're doing this with CGI, so yeah. you can kind of light things how you like. But even then, I think it's kind of rare. And, and this is done with the use of volumetric lighting and kind of smoke and dust to to give things kind of halos and things, bioluminescence in the creatures themselves. Um, especially when things are raining and you get lights kind of uh, bouncing mm. off the skin, flecting off. Everything is really clear to see, and I think that's worth remarking upon because it is. Uh, some of the shots in this are remarkably beautiful. They are, you know. So, but so so little effect. Yeah. So yes. you know, yeah. actually, kudos to the designers, right, and the cinematographers and the lighting people and the CGI people because, you know, the monsters look terrific, and some of the shots are, like you say, beautiful. They're genius. A beautifully you know. composed. There's a repeated type of shot, which is a very small person, kind of very far away from the camera, and then even further away from them, a giant beast filling the screen yeah. as it kind of unfurls its wings and they light up. Mind you, I think, uh, you know, so those spectacular shots that are mostly CGI are often very beautiful and kind of poetic. Everything to do with people is chaotic mm. and senseless, and you have... The compositions are terrible and purposeless. Yeah, I agree. You know, uh, so um, it's it's just terrible. Uh, uh, and, and actually, something with such great special effects and, like you say, lighting and, you know, the monsters are terrific. And particularly when they're fighting each other, it's they have some terrific moments. But... I looked at my watch, I don't know how often. It was just deadly dull. Yeah, you're absolutely you know? right to say that it's to no effect. I think it's a really good point because I I was admiring the way that these shots looked. And I was admiring sort of the design of the creatures. I think that I think there is a kind of there is a, a, a singular look to them. Like you can identify this doesn't look like just any other monster movie. Yeah. You can tell a frame of this film from a frame of another. Yes. You know, it's um the the way that the there's this kind of realistic rendering to to the, the kind of skin, whatever, of the of the creatures. Um, and there's a kind of, quote-unquote, realistic design to their shapes and things. Like, you can kind of imagine how such a creature might actually exist. They're yes. not just cartoons. I mean, one looks like an eagle, the other one looks like a moth or a butterfly, you know. Yeah, one, one looks, looks like a giant chameleon lizard dinosaur yeah. thing. That's Godzilla. So, um, but then uh, there are there are these elements of flair to them, like the, like the way that Godzilla's um, uh, plates up his back uh, light up as as he like charges up a sort of you know bolt of energy to blast whatever you know so there are these elements of flair and and kind of nonsense but I think they combine really well they do but I think there's a real issue here actually because you know it just goes to show that all the millions that must have been spent and you can imagine all the amounts of meetings on the designs of the monsters and you can actually also imagine the storyboarding right around particular images because you know some of them are really beautiful the one with the three-headed hydra dinosaur and then with all the lighting kind of you know you get flashes like lightning that just illuminates certain bits it's an amazing shot but who the fuck cares when you know the rest of the writing like you don't care who dies who lives you don't know where they're headed to where they're headed from what you know what's at stake is so badly conceptualized right and also it's done within like this narrative of a divorced couple who've already lost a child and have a daughter right 
and you know kind of and there's nothing at stake emotionally for the audience in any of that so there's the assumption that the audience will care Mm. Right, and actually, the audience isn't just going to care, you know, because the family is divorced. <laughs> right, like it's it's, it's almost so as though like there are things that are so bad in it that you almost feel that it's deliberate. Um, in the way that a kind of a really bad movie can be enjoyable in that way that people like said. I mean, we, you and I together were mocking the film out loud, not not like to ruin it for other people, but you know to each other during the yes. film just kind of whispering to each other making jokes about various things or comments on various stupid things that were happening and that was entertaining for us right um, and I'm not saying that's deliberate that's definitely not deliberate but you almost feel like it is because the film is basically a litany of, of people doing stupid things and making stupid decisions and in a way it has to be that's how these films operate people people don't obey the rules or they behave rashly and then it's supposed to be a lesson about how humans should be smarter <laughs> But you get to the point towards the end where they need to fix this uh, device that allows them to communicate with the creatures. And they're doing it in the pouring rain and they've got a soldering iron out. And you're going, this is in the middle of a war zone. There's no, it's just absolutely stupid. They're, you know, they're trying to operate on electronics in, in pouring rain. Anyone, there's no, there's, there's no way that people, the people working on this movie weren't aware of how dumb that was. Do you know what I mean? But they just did it anyway. But I think it's, it's worse than that. Because, you see, there was no tension generated at all. So, you know, whilst they were doing that, there was a certainty, like, you, you know, you were told with confidence from her look and his look that this is not a problem to fix. They will do it. Mm. Right. I mean, the least you could have done is, will they finish on time? Will they do it? Is yeah. the monster approaching? The mon- yeah, exactly. Nothing. Right. It's just stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, very stupid. And it has, it has that Game of Thrones problem that, like, when you, got to, when you got to the last couple of seasons of Game of Thrones, as we were saying in the podcast on that, how the world kind of shrank. The idea that this world was supposed to be huge no longer mattered anymore. And in this, it's like, they're in Antarctica. Let's go to Antarctica. Here we are. Yes. Let's go to Mexico. Here we are. Yeah. You know, they just jump around the world. You don't really know where anyone is or how they are in relation to each other. Or um, people's motivations are s- stupid and vague. and well, They're not that vague, but they're just dumb. And you don't really but get But listen, you know, like in Star Wars, for example, you jump from one galaxy to another, right? But you're also given a sense that you know, you need to move from A to Z in order to get to the ship on time to, you know, yeah, yeah kind of blast off or something. Yeah, and actually getting from here to there, you, you get a sense of this is the distance. Will they do it? Won't they do it? Will they make it? Right? There's nothing like that here at all. No. I mean, you know, there's that whole scene where they go up the elevators. And, okay, what's at stake? Will they make it? What happens if they go up? You know, he decides to go down. You know, things are kind of falling all over. You know, you don't have a sense of what they need to do or how much time they have left to get up. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a, it's 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 filmmaking of the worst kind, really. Yeah. The only the only thing that's clear in that sense is the scene. That there are a couple of things where you've got well, the the very very far deciding whether to blow up a bit of Mexico or not is um is one. Um, there's no tension there, but the but what's at stake is clear. And there's the thing about. Uh, that's the thing about Ken Watanabe um, uh, sacrificing himself to resurrect Godzilla. That again is clear, and that's I think that's probably the best scene in the film for that reason. I think it works well. I thought um, it was banal in the extreme. I mean, I I know that you it was set up so that you would feel certain things, but actually you don't, <laughs> or I didn't. Yeah. No, no, I, I didn't really feel, but I got what was going on. I kind uh, of I sympathise and I yeah, but and, this is like crumbs. 
you know, you're, oh, yes. you were beginning to be grateful because actually we understood what was at stake because yeah. the rest of the film has right. nothing at stake for anybody, you know. Yeah. Um, so, and really, as beautiful as the monsters are, and, you know, and we talked about some of those shots, it's not worth, oh, no. you know, going to the movies for. It's like, I think it's the worst film I've seen in a long time. I mean, you get when the film comes out on Blu-ray and and Ultra HD and what have you, you know, some screenshots from it will make beautiful desktop backgrounds. Yes, be fantastic to look at, but that's the value in the film. That's I mean, you know, this is a film that if it appears on broadcast television and it's playing, I'd switch the channel. Yeah. So, like, forget about it. (laughs) Do you remember the previous one, the 2014 one? Vaguely, yes. Um, because part of the criticism of that was was nothing happened really. They spent a long time like there's this thing in cinema. It's one of these things that people like to say about cinema without really thinking that you know it's better if you don't see the monsters. But the more you wait and stuff, the the tension builds. Like it's the Jaws theory because Jaws the the monster looked rubbish, so they hid it for a long time. And it was like oh they build the tension without realizing that it's not just hiding the monster that does that. It's making a good film that builds it up yes. that that does that. Godzilla had that problem where. You know, obviously they could have shown it as much as they liked. They had a big budget, and they could have, but they, but you know, they waited and waited and waited, and then showed you a glimpse of a foot after about forty-five minutes. <laughs> you know, and oh, I, I, I vaguely remember that. Whereas this uh, film, straight in, they went forget all that. This time, monsters all the way through, all the time. Yeah, but you and, know, kind th- of, and the effect is even worse. I mean, you know, monsters in themselves are neither an attraction nor a distraction. I mean, everything revolves around the story. Right and kind of in what the story sets out to do and how it's set up and the world that it builds and the relationships, you know, and the people that it kind of puts in them, you know. So this has nothing except, you know, monsters, yeah. right? So uh, it's a complete waste of everybody's time. And actually, I think really offensive. It it fits to me. It fits into this pattern, you know, of a kind of a barbarism of American culture where there's no regard for people or indeed property, right? So that, you know, you can just destroy entire cities and planets and worlds and then somehow you're expected to care for a few people without being given any reason to do so, right? It's not like that the people who remain will be the carriers of the seeds for mankind's future. Nothing, you know, kind of. You're just expected to care for them because they're, they're the protagonists of the story and you just don't. It's really lazy offensive yeah. filmmaking with a with a view of the world that is um authoritarian in the extreme right i mean this vera formiga character did the filmmakers not understand that it's kind of it's morally reprehensible for someone to take it upon themselves to kind of kill millions of people you know just to to mm. to to, to live out a theory that they have. I mean, that is Nazism at, at its worst, <laughs> you know, that view of the world. I mean, it's, it's completely non self reflexive. They have never given this kind of thing a thought that there's something wrong with that yeah. or with people who think that way, you know. Yeah, because the film ends up not having anything to say about that in particular. It kind of brings the family back together. But as to her theory on, you know, this is what the world needs. The film doesn't have any. The film doesn't say no. Actually, she might have been wrong about this. Yeah. Maybe she needs to blah 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 change her opinion. But actually, the film really convinces you that most of these people need to fucking die because they're so annoying and horrible. Well, and I really want to see well, the monsters I, I destroy really them. Want, all. I really wanted to see her die, uh, and and I you know, but actually, the film even as the film does kill her off at the end. Spoilers. Um, 
But even as it does so, it's expecting you to have sympathy for someone who's just killed dozens of millions of people. Yeah. Like, it's just... Who are these people who make a film without thinking about these things? Americans. It doesn't <laughs> matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter because they were Spanish or something. That's the moral. But even that's yeah. not true because Boston in the film gets destroyed. Yeah, it? but like I said, Boston is conspicuously empty. It fits very well into that pattern. Well, it fits and, and then exacerbates that pattern I've been talking about, about how films were destroying cities en masse and people getting hurt and then people in like people in the real world started to notice and went what's the human cost going on these films like what's going on so then films would start to say we've cleared a city now we can destroy it yes. and that's they don't do that I don't think they say Boston has been evacuated but Boston is not full of people in this yeah, yeah, yeah. by the time they get there it is empty yeah. you know but, but then the thing that the thing that then exacerbates the thing is that thing about um, the island off off Mexico, where you see it's for the people, and they make a very deliberate decision to destroy it while everyone is trying to yeah. evacuate. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, disgusting worse. film, disgusting and dull, <laughs> but very pretty. So wait for the screenshot. You know, get some nice screenshots because it looks lo- some lovely CGI bits. <laughs> no. uh, yeah, nice bits of visual design, but just... I, 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 I'd be happy never to see it again. Well, you don't have to. I won't. But, <laughs> you know, because we live in a free country. It'll make, All right. It'll make its money. It, it's cost up to $200 million to make, and it's made $180 million so far. It'll make good money. I mean, the first one, despite the fact it, it got a bit of a damp reception, critically, cost $160 million and made 530 So it made its money. So it made its money, and, and I, in, I suppose, in a sense... I was surprised that they made a sequel at all because I, just because the first one went down so terribly. But I mean, you look at the money, and Godzilla is a property that's been making money for fifty years. Yes, or people more. love the Godzilla films, but so let me kid- tell you, this was this is um, a bad one. This is really bad and really offensive. You know, it's a morally an offensive film. Mm. Speaking as a white guy, I didn't mind. <laughs> 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 Anyway, thank you very much for listening. We're eavesdropping at the movies, and we are on... Uh, We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Uh, You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter, at eavesdropmovies. And the website is eavesdroppingatthemovies.com. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.